When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk about our high school fans. Yeah, I, not so much talk about our high school fans as just express uh, some solidarity that school sucks. School sucks. It's for nerds and losers. No. Well, st- <laughs> now you took it to a place. Yay. I mean... School sucks. I think yeah. like that's kind of what I want to acknowledge is that it sucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and it's for nerds and losers. Well, you know, you're drawing <laughs> you're drawing conclusions from that statement that I don't know are necessarily the message that we want to be sending. Oh, I, school sucks and it's for cool people and um other cool people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, Slightly for somebody cool who people. thinks that schools for nerds and losers, I can see that being like their kind of clever statement that they can think of after <laughs> years of comedy training. Yeah, sure. Uh, that makes sense. Uh, I, but no, just more of like, like kind of solidarity. So we last left off on Travis and Margaret. So I'd, I'd like to turn to Gable, actually. Gable, how are you sneaking up on your prey of this big fancy ship? What this pinnace. What time is it? Uh, I think it it's like early afternoon or, or like right before noon um, because yes, you woke up and had the vote kind of early in the morning. So it's not like night or moody at all. No, but it, it's it's raining really hard right now. Uh, so there okay. are dark clouds covering the sky. I'm taking with me a crew of, I want to say, three people who are going to be part of the commandeering party. Um, and Excellent. I would, I'll choose Nodos and Wendell because they're my fellas. Oh, and wow. then you can choose the other so we're risking both Nodos and Wendell on this particular trip, which is very exciting it, to me. It makes sense in the story. I, I think it does make sense in the story. Uh, so I'm essentially going to be pulling a random NPC uh, to go with you. So I'm going to roll a D31. A D31, Chief? <laughs> yeah. That's... No. Yeah, well, it it doesn't exist in in our world, but uh, we can create a computer generated one, and that gave me a result of six, which means Slam is coming with you. No, no, oh, no. no! I refuse. Yeah. All the favorites. <laughs> oh, what a! I, I feel what like a... that means at least one of them's gotta go. 
Well, she's a kid. I I will point out that all of these uh, popular crew members that again these these are some heavy hitters. This particular mission, I don't know what the budget for it, but like a lot of it went to the actors. Um, <laughs> they all have hit points, so if a bad number comes up for them if if they fail a roll uh they won't die they, they won't die there's just there's like at this point a 30% chance that one of them is going to get hurt just so people know on the death chart we are into the 60s so if you fail a roll for every failure there is a 60% chance that somehow someone on the crew gets hurt um, okay. and there, you don't just have these three people, like there are other crew members with you. It's just, those are three featured players who are really leading the charge and giving you three yellow dice to roll anytime you have them do something as part of this awesome. mission. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so Gable, you've got your crew of, of pirates, uh, sneaking up on Il Sanguidio. What do you do? How many people are like stationed at the, at the boat? Well, uh, for that, you'll have to do some scouting. Did you want to do a scouting roll? Yeah. Is this going to be Gable or is this going to be the crew scouting for Gable? I love this mechanic, by the way. I know I made it up and it's a bullshit hollow thing to say, but I really, really like the idea that like Gable, I don't think has the best stats uh, for perception or stealth or anything. So like, it makes more sense to use the crew and it's a big risk. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good mechanic, James. You're a wizard. I just didn't realize that we were going to be having the the full fan favorite regalia. Um, Let's send Wendell to scout. Okay, okay. Are we going to be using those same three um, yellows? So you can say that this whole group is, is like, you, you've commanded them to scout. Um, okay. If, if it's just, if you decide, oh, it's just Wendell, I don't want to risk those other two, it'll be two green and one yellow. But if you send the whole group to scout, it's three yellow. It's just all of them are at risk. I'll do two green and one yellow then. Okay, okay. So this is just the- Wendell leading a little scouting party. Yeah. It's going to be average, you know. It's two? Yep. I'm never going to remember what's average or hard. I'm never going to do it, James. I'm never going to remember. I love it, Liz. I love it. Please keep fighting. Uh, that is a success and three advantages. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Little arrow is advantages, right? Yep. So I am going to say a success. Like you, uh, like with that many people like dedicated to this operation, you pretty much climbed around the docks and around the countryside that is kind of surrounding the sky docks and got very in like uh, about a half hour's time that they came back with perfect information they they know there are 10 people aboard that ship right now that a good your advantages are there are still a lot of crew members on Il Sanguidio who are enjoying the last day of uh, Baganalia. So the the people who are left on that ship, the 10 people, are like a skeleton crew of people who have probably upset the priest and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, right now there is a crew member from that ship that is missing. And I think 
they don't know that that person is missing because there was a break-in in the ship, I don't think. I'm trying to remember your getaway from that. I think it was pretty missing. clean. You threw someone out a window, Cable. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You yoked but, one of the guards clean through a window, defenestrated uh, that fool. Uh, uh, okay. So, but what that means is because you did it and, and got away clean, Margaret was helping you with, with that invisibility uh, spell. You kind of have a situation where the crew aboard the Il Sanguadillo is like, hey, where's one of the guards? And everybody's like, I don't know. And I think Lorenzo Arenzi is kind of convinced that this person must have stolen something. Anything missing or damaged on the ship, I think he assumes that that person ran away with Gable because Gable escaped. Okay. So probably what what it is is Lorenzo's like, our prisoner's gone and somebody else has gone with him. That person helped the Gable escape. Gable was so hot. They must have seduced the guard and escaped. Great. Of course. Uh, so there are there's like a big contingent of people that are being punished. They're not allowed to attend the last day of Baganalia and they're stuck aboard the ship kind of being grumpy. Okay. While everybody else uh, involved is over in the town. And is Lorenzo on the boat? Lorenzo is not on the boat. Lorenzo is, is enjoying a, a nice drink somewhere for Baganalia. Okay. That is all very good info. I'll say a nice drink and a, comp- a fully uncooked cinnamon roll, as is the Nordian tradition. As is tradition. Absolutely. We got we got to get these Nordia jokes in because we're we're leaving soon. So <laughs> gotcha, got to. All right. With all that knowledge, do we know like where on the boat most of them are? Are they on the deck, top deck, or are they all mainly inside? They're they're mainly inside because it's raining. You know. Great. Gable turns to Wendell. Is there anyone at the helm? No, uh, Helm's Helm's topside, so everybody's avoiding it right now. Well, what a lovely opportunity for one of you to start taking over some of my responsibilities. Uh, uh, I don't know. Those captain council meetings are, you know, they sound pretty high stress. You got to answer a lot of letters. I can't. Not that one. I'm not great with reading. No, I meant the helm. I meant the helm. Like someone should take the helm here. John, it needs a lot of like responsible sort of authority figures in his life to provide him structure. So he grows up to be a healthy boy. Listen, I barely, I understand. And I'm barely there too. (laughs) I, I, I get it. (laughs) <laughs> Understandable. I was just saying that because the helm is, it'd be nice if we had someone at the helm to prepare to leave. Uh, I see. Okay. So if we need someone at the helm, we need someone who's strong and it would be able to hold that wheel. Probably someone whose strength is so great that it kind of restricts his range of motion to pretty much only doing potato based activities. Uh, I think. I think this is a great opportunity for Slam to come For in. you. For you. No, I mean, I've got this. My arm is so strong now. Whatever that fire did, it made me very powerful. I, I want to punch some people. Okay. Okay. So whiny. Uh, who else is going to be whiny? If we're all going to be whining <laughs> on this outing, I can go back and get the bee or someone. Are we all going to be on board and be good sports? No, we'll be we'll be good sports, Gable. Yeah, I can be a great sport. Sure. All right, Slam. Do you want to be at the helm? Yeah. 
yeah, I, I, I think I can do it. I, I've learned a lot of life lessons. I taught someone how to make a sandwich. But do you know which, which way is port and which way is starboard? Yeah. Okay, then that's, I guess, that, I think that's mostly it. All right. Um, all right, Slam, if you can keep an eye on topside, and if anyone comes out of those holes, I want you to wallop them like they were little moles, all right? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Like, like a little mole. Yeah, I know how I treat a little mole. For sure. <laughs> Me, Wendell, and Nodos are going to board. There's only 10 people where I think we are pretty well suited. I think this ship should be ours in a matter of an hour. Excellent. Then I think, uh, I, I don't want to make a whole scene of this combat because we've got another combat going. I think we should abstract this to a whole conquer the ship role. And if you fail, you know, the scene will get a little bit more intense and then people will get hurt, that sort of thing. So that's going to be three yellow dice with one blue die uh, because Gable is the... I was about to say, I already know the ship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So I am going to say that the difficulty here is going to be two purple dice and one black die. Okay. Fourteen? Four successes and two threats. Radical, radical. Okay, let Mm -hmm. me check really quick. With flair and aplomb. Yeah, that's aplomb for sure. I am just going to see if I made any rules for what happens on disadvantage. Great success. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys done that on campaign? Have you done the the Borat success? Have you done that one? No, you know that's a uh, aspect of the Borat movie that hasn't been revisited in podcast spaces, and I think could be for sure. I, I mean, yeah, we could. Yeah, if you want to start that, I'll, I'll try. If you want to be so. the Atlas to that world, kind of holding it up, <laughs> I will support you. I will be your Hercules, and I'll pop in for like a second. And support is that you on what that. The story is? There's the Uhuru crew. I've just talked is there about that. Okay. A Borat RPG. <laughs> There's gotta be, right? There there must be. There have been so many. There have been so many. Uh let's see. Okay. Uh so there is nothing uh that is there for disadvantages. Okay. So what happens? We have Gable leading their team of elite fighters and enforcers on uh, the Uhuru moving down from like different angles. Uh, I think some jumping off the dock, some who are climbing up the side of the ship like Minnie did the other night and some who might even be brazenly walking up the plank because again, there's nobody really topside watching the boat. Uh, everyone manages to infiltrate uh, the ship You move level by level, room by room, kind of surgically uh, surprising everyone on the ship and subduing them before there is much of a fight. Now, you do have a disadvantage here. And what I think it is, yeah, it's got to be slam, doesn't it? Yeah. 
So <laughs> Slam is at the helm of the ship, watching out for little moles. And I think one person, like uh, there, we, we see Gable and Nodos spring into a room. Gable sort of choke slams somebody through a table. Nodos very quickly with a dull end of his spear manages to knock another person out. But there's a third person who manages to escape and make his way to top deck. And there, Slam is keeping a watchful eye on uh, the ship, looking for little moles. He sees this person come up to top deck, and he thinks, whack them like they're a little mole. So he grabs the helm of the ship, rips it off where it is rooted down, and smashes this person with the wheel and subdues them. So now the ship is fully under your control, but it is damaged. Oh, Complete overkill, Slam. (laughs) What? (laughs) Slam did a slam. (laughs) But otherwise, Uh, uh, that went very smoothly for you, Gable. So what we're, uh, can we steer the ship? Uh, you're going to need to repair the helm. <sighs> All right. Uh, Gable gets up. Uh, everyone has been tossed to the side or or knocked out. And seeing that the helm is been destroyed, Gable turns to Nodos and Slam and says, not it. <laughs> Slam, despite being Slam, is very good at playing not it, and instantly his finger is on his oh. nose, which leaves no dose. Uh, so then were you expecting me to repair the helm? Yes, that's if you can. If not, then there was no point to a not it. I could put it back together. You know what? I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm a team player. I'll put the helm back together. Slam, you did great. Yeah, uh, th- thank you. A little bit overkill, but you know, we're learning. We're learning how we yeah, work as a team. Uh, sometimes I don't understand my strength, y- you know? Listen, the the Bulls took a long time to really come together as the powerhouse that they were. I, I can't, it has to be I, built I over years. You keep telling me I'm, I'm Scotty Pippen. I, uh, yes, you are. Uh, you are Slam. Stay in that Gable. <laughs> Hold Slam's face. You are Scotty Pippen. <laughs> uh, but um, then I'll I'll roll to fix the helm. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of this what what this role is, and I actually have to bring up your. I mean, as Hell's person, it could be. Yeah, there is a sailing. mechanics skill. Um, mechanics. So oh, it's, I'm weirdly decent at it. Um, What's the difficulty? Uh, difficulty on this, let's see, ripped the wheel clean off. I am going to say it's, I'll give you two options on this. You can spend a lot of time on this and it'll be average, or you can try and do it very quickly. That will make it hard. Can I have a blue die because I know the helm so good? Yeah, we can give that to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, then I'll make it hard been rolling so much that is just one threat Ooh, okay uh you look at this 
here's the thing. It would be one thing if Slam had managed to rip off just the wheel, but he did a lot of damage to uh, the bolts that were kind of holding it in place and the wood surrounding them. You're going to need a lot more time to, to repair this. And, you know, if, if really this is going to be a ship that you're flying during a combat, you're going to need some kind of replacement wheel for it. And you're going to need it quick, especially if you're going to be the person who does this. Okay. They've got a lot of treasure, don't they? They do. Do they have anything just crazily unnecessary and huge? Uh, I think they do. I think this is a great opportunity to pull a luminary and <clears throat> see what they got. Butcher. 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 <laughs> yeah, just, Butcher. They've got Butcher. a big wheel made of knives. So. <laughs> My- my knife wheel. Oh. Hey, who touched my fucking knife wheel? It's my fucking knife wheel. It was labeled. If you if you got a knife wheel that you brought from home, you can put your fucking name on it, and then it's yours. But it's mine. It's my I wheel got of knife. My knife wheel. It's mine. And it is the soldiers. So Do they have it's a big decorative shield. Ooh, yeah, yeah. That has never seen combat. It's covered in gold and jewels. I like it. I think it is... Let's see. I need to pull up the luminaries. I think you're right. A big decorative shield feels right. I just need to know their themes so I can get it exactly correct. All right. uh, Death, deception, and memory. Um I think it is a it's got to be like some sort of uh commemorative thing for people who have died uh in in the service of of the slain god oh, or wait. maybe aboard this ship. What if ship. it's like a a funeral plate? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, cuz that feels like a sort of unnecessarily it Truly, it is a commemorative plate mm-hmm. <laughs> for for service to, yeah, to maybe, the church. I, I think probably one of the things that you have to do when you are a lacrima is perform funerals for like state officials in cities that are friendly to the Church of the Slain God. And mm-hmm. Lorenzo Arenzi kind of insists that... You know, if he's going to be up there uh, giving a speech commemorating these people, he wants like a very big, impressive, decorative thing around him. It's like most of these places, they they don't have any fucking money, so it doesn't look good. And I'm not going to be up there standing next to whatever shit flowers that they could get in whatever port. So we're going to have a big funeral plate. Uh, It's like, what is it for? are, Are we to put the meal on the plate? No. It's for looks. It's for looks. <laughs> it's for looking at. Also, get off the couch. It's got plastic covering on it. It's not for <laughs> sitting. This is my mother's house. <laughs> <laughs> this is my mother's good couch. <laughs> Hey, 
Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, y'all are not shy about asking for more information about Skyjacks and the world of Sphere. And I know lots of you are excited about a potential world book explaining the setting. Unfortunately, a project like that is going to take a lot of time. However, we wanted to do something that would get more information to our most curious listeners as soon as possible. Which is why we put together the first volume of what I hope will become a thing for us, the Skyjack setting zine. Basically, we put together a zine that gives you more information about the Skyjack setting, and does it without spoiling the show so all of our upcoming plots are still full of twists and turns. However, anyone who reads the zine will have access to information that will make those upcoming plots a little bit more delicious, and might lead some of you to revelations about things you've already heard. For our first issue, we pulled out all the stops. We commissioned original art, and we got an incredible layout. And I think it turned out beautifully. Issue 1 focuses on explaining Ariners, telling you the difference between Red Feathers, Privateers, and Corsairs. It's also got a more in-depth explanation of Featherweave, and introductions to forces and factions in the world that you haven't met yet, including the front and back cover. It is 28 pages long, and I am so gosh darn proud of it. I want to give special thanks to Ishan Sherwood, Jason Robinson, Liz Novaski, and Justin Langill for their contributions to helping this zine become a thing. And I am happy to report to all of you that the zine is available now. If you happen to be signed up for the Skyjacks mailing list, you already know this because we told you about it on Monday. But if you're not on the mailing list, all you have to do is head to bit.ly slash skyjackszine1, that is the numeral one, or search for the OneShot Network on itch to find our page. The zine is available for $20. However, if you can't afford that, don't worry. And we were overwhelmed with generosity by people on our mailing list, so there are plenty of community copies available. If you happen to be a generous soul yourself, you can voluntarily pay $30 to cover a community copy with your purchase and get a free gift, or you can directly purchase the $10 community copy donation to give a gift to a fellow hero in need. Heroes, I am so excited to bring you this scene, and hopefully, if it's a success, you'll be seeing more products like it. Once again, you can find it at bit.ly slash skyjackszine1, or you can just follow the link in our show notes. Before we get back to the show, I want to take a quick moment and thank some of our backers on Patreon. John Langley, thank you. Dracona Spax, thank you very much. Yolanda Vargas, thank you. Jenny Tapani, thank you very much. Proximity Damage, thank you. Leah Morse, thank you. Mill Wistman, thank you very much. Ray Barrett, thank you. Eduard Baruking, thank you so much. Kelsey Brennan, thank you very much. And David, Thank you so much for your support. Thanks again to everyone who backs us on Patreon. This show would not be possible without you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky.
we've got this big funeral plate that you know you could rig up to replace this missing helm. The, the, the challenge is it will add a black dye to any maneuvering that you have to do because it, it is less durable than uh, the, the original helm would be. Okay, that's fine. I'm not doing it. Slam's doing it. You're really going to have to slam helm the ship. Great. Uh, that rules. Uh, so with with that, then uh, I'm going to need either one more roll or for you to say that you just spend an hour rigging this up. Let's. It's an hour. It's cool. fine. Uh, things aren't getting into gear quite yet. Yeah. So so then you will take your time on that, and we will cut over to Jonnet. Jonnet, uh, you spoke to Adrian about kind of rallying the town for for different jobs. I remembered after listening to the episode that you had asked some members of Adrian's congregation come help scrape the skamalic off the hull. And the others that you mentioned uh, would be now going around and helping establish the defenses surrounding Nordia, uh, blocking off upper Nordia from lower Nordia with barricades. Yes. I mean, part of me thinks that I mean, there's no one, there's no reason to kind of report back to the ship for Jonnet right now. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe he wants to like get down to the, to check out how the barricades are going and maybe help out a, at all. I like that. Jonnet, like, will have you approach the staircases that divide Upper Nordia from Lower Nordia. You know, Nordia is an old place. It, it's been around for a very long time. So there is more than one pathway. There, There is, like, probably a more official and wider civically maintained staircase. But there are different pathways that, you know, different artisans and craftspeople have established as safe paths over the years that all kind of have to be plugged up. And especially now, there is so much water that has fallen on Nordia and is falling on Nordia that the drainage systems, even though it's all just water flowing downhill, they are all really taxed to their limits. So there are big floods of water gushing down these staircases and you can see already as you approach them there is a line of people who are out in their oil skins trying to move things in place to block up these staircases and the trouble that they're running into is that the water is really making it difficult to build what most traditional barricades would be you know you'd be piling up barrels and and bits of carts and you know bags full of grain and whatnot that could block off a passageway and that would be easy but the water is threatening to either wash those things away or you know the barricade might actually be keeping in and retaining more of the water which makes the flooding worse okay so john is he's not going to go make his way towards like the most like current looking official pathway he's going to make his way to maybe uh one of the more the older ones uh he's going to be pushing his way to, to like maybe the front like excuse me all right excuse me john kessler small boy I'm trying to help excuse me. Thank you. uh oh, and um uh he's, he's gonna got like business get... cards that say john kessler small boy just small trying to boy. help <laughs> Oh, baby. (laughs) It's it's like it's his face, but it's like very uh, chibi anime Mm -hmm. style. (laughs) Um, So, uh, yeah, he gets to the front and um, 
he kind of like takes in uh, the scenario, just like how the water is rushing in a way that kind of prohibits it from being uh, blocked in. He puts some thought into it, and I'm going to try to cast a spell. Yeah. And it's time for magic. Magic it's boy. time for magic. Um, so I'm going to try to do a an arcana spell. I would like to on the older pathways, is it are they stairs or is it kind of just like a gradual earthy slope? Um, I, I think they are very rough hewn stairs, like kind of gotcha. winding and uneven. Okay. All right, so John's going to try and stick to the Earth Magic game. And let's say the lower one-third of the incline at the base of the inlet, he's going to try and, like, shift the Earth forward until that incline is just, like, a straight, like, a straight-up wall. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I'm just going to try and do that, just, like, create, like, just a boom, insta, like, vertical climb that people are going to have to go through if they want to climb up that's radical uh i will let you know tyler that you know every time you cast a spell uh you are taking two strain and yeah we will be carrying that strain into the fight itself okay which well, i think this is good like this- i i, I want to stick with this now but thank you for reminding me that because i <laughs> in my world uh the exchange rate is whatever i want it to be <laughs> <laughs> john at approaching combat spells 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 time for my nap why am i so sleepy <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay uh yeah let's do that what would i be rolling against uh so i am going to Put this like you have moved rock before and you're now getting pretty good at it. So I right. am gonna say that uh we'll we'll put this at average. Okay. Sound of the dice. Hoop. Oh I had to re-roll that yellow and I think it did me in. Okay, that is going to be that's gonna be <laughs> One failure and one advantage. Okay. All right. So, Jonnet, you uh, sort of like uh, make your way to the front. You straighten straighten up, like roll out your shoulders a little bit and prepare to cast this spell. You just, you know, casually reach out uh, with arcane energy, grab some rock uh, that's on the side of a wall, and you pull it forward uh, to try and block the path. Um, and what I think happens is that little bit that you grabbed was attached to some of the drainage system and <laughs> it sh- like water starts pouring out of where that rock was. Um, and it, it kind of washes the, the rock away that you were trying to use to uh, smooth out the staircase. But what happens is now this area just has a ton of water rushing down it, which you know, to your mind, that's going to make it hard to walk up these bad stairs. John, it sees this happening. Maybe, maybe in his head, he's like, ah, crap, I messed it up. And then maybe there's like one person behind John that goes, hey, great job. He's like, uh, yep. There's yep, no way no they're can... climbing those stairs now. 
<laughs> no way at all. All right, we can do this, guys. Come on, Nordia. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so you managed to move like that group of people that was working on barricading that stair. Like they do have like kind of a half-built barricade, but like with the water and everything, it's like probably better to spend their efforts elsewhere. So you move them along and we will cut over to Travis. Travis, hmm? you're in the center of this circle that that has been set up surrounded by different items. Margaret, you know, has bound you up in this ribbon preparing you for the ceremony uh, and one of the ingredients wilted lightly it didn't turn to ash it's not destroyed but part of it is damaged in a way I have to talk to Gable we we have to do this ceremony I know that you and your crew are preparing for the Mariner's landing, and I also believe the Mariner is destined to be here. This is our shot to do this. It can't wait. I I wish I wish that it could. I, Travis, what you gave me in gathering these different components there's a tremendous amount of power here and I'll believe I believe that I'd be able to pull this off but I I, I don't know that you would want to become a mortal man again and if you did it would be a risky procedure to perform uh, having one of these components damaged in a way I there's no way of telling how much power is still there. I... I wouldn't... I couldn't... I wouldn't want to become mortal again, even if I could at this point. The whole point was to do it together. Just fix my hands so I can go kill them. Margaret uh, looks sad, but does laugh at that. I think what we do have time for is to maybe take a moment and think about this relationship you have with your friend. It says something to me, something very deep, that your friend chose to not tell you about this. And that you expected their full honesty in this moment. You're on different wavelengths. Why do you think that is? Well, they probably wanted to get rid of me, but it's not going to happen. Is that really what you think? I don't know. Well, Travis, you have known this person for a very long time, longer than anyone else has known anyone else. For the most part. Why don't you know? Or do you? And are you pretending not to know? First of all, I don't pretend. I lie. (laughs) And second of all... We don't talk. I think that's probably why this happened then. 
but we did the one time just now, not that long ago. And the one time we did, they lied to me. So what's the point? Well, uh, like all things in life, you have to practice. You have to keep talking. You can't just talk once. I think you and your friend revealed some very important things to each other in that conversation. I think your friend probably was invested in the fact that they thought there was an opportunity for you to take an out, to not live the life that has brought you so much pain. And they decided to perform a mercy in withholding the truth. But it seems like that hurt you. Of course it did. Then I think in trying to do a kindness because you were hurt, that is a symptom of two people who care deeply about one another, but refuse to do the very simple things they need to do to not hurt one another. So what you're saying is the only way to get back at them is to hurt them. Absolute. Holy shit. Wow. I, <laughs> that's a joke. Margaret breaks. <laughs> that must be a joke. <laughs> ha ha ha. A funny joke. Okay. Cool. Cool. We can still. Travis. <laughs> There are very few people that you're going to meet in your life who will tell you things like this in a direct way that I do. And the reason that I am telling you this and speaking to you so directly is because you're paying me. (laughs) So really think about the lessons that I am trying to teach you because I will not always be at your side. And the life that you've led up to this point has not been a comfortable one. And I believe the life that you live after this could be significantly more comfortable. But you do have to learn and you do have to grow just a little bit. I can do that, but I'm not going to like it. That's my boy. Good. Good. Then that's enough. I I think with that keeping in line with the promise that you made earlier, which I'm very proud of you for keeping it just now because you could have broken it immediately and instantly. I think I can move forward with doing whatever it is you want done. If you want the curse removed, It is still within my power to remove the curse, and I will fight for that. But if you want to be restored, I can do that as well. And you can find another path forward. Just the hand. It's hard to read the emotions on Margaret's face. Uh... I think she has let her mask slip around you many times in emoting as you made different decisions and chose different paths because Margaret, in a way, is trying to form you into a different kind of creature, one that allows his own masks to slip 
from time to time. But in this moment, as you have made a big decision, Margaret, in her face, in her actions, does not applaud or condemn what you have done, simply accepts it and begins her work. She stands up and begins to light incense from the candles that have been set up in this place. And you can feel the warmth of this room swirling around you as though the storm raging outside was a bright and sunny day. The emotions involved in the very difficult things that you had to do to gather the power to perform this ritual start filling the room around you in shades. You can feel at the edges of them, taste them, smell them, They are a part of you and a part of this moment. And you can feel now in the hand that was lost, in the place that it will be, a tingling sensation. Sort of like pins and needles after a limb that has fallen asleep. Looking down, you can see that the rabbit's foot is slowly transforming into a human hand. Now, this is like kind of a a big deal thing and definitely not something that we planned on. uh, But I did want to ask Johnny as a performer, are you going to end up with a different person's hand on your hand or is this going to be your hand? Um, oh boy. That's Um I don't know. I mean, I think because it's a changeling, mm-hmm. it would be it would change into my hand. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it is the other hand. So, uh which which hand did I lose? Left? Uh I don't know that you made that decision firmly and the audience right now is probably screaming at me that you either did or didn't um but i don't remember because guess what nerds it's not that important let's say i lost the left (laughs) hand uh unfortunately this was a right rabbit foot so i will have two right (laughs) uh that's a little (laughs) too weird um (laughs) it just bends backward uh that's (laughs) so i am going to perform a sailor's reading for you kind of about what is going to happen so you get with a sailor's read you get to learn information either about your past or your future and i have chosen your future for you because that's really going to be kind of important moving forward with whatever this hand is. But the other thing that you get to choose is learning internal or external information. So basically in this read and through this ceremony, we're either going to learn a new internal truth about Travis, or we're going to learn how the world and people around Travis are going to perceive him moving forward into the future. Uh, So, Johnny, I just want to know, do you want to learn something new inside or uh, do you want to learn something uh, new outside looking in? Um, 
you know, this has all been very introspective for Travis. Um, it has. So I think let's just let's just keep the ball rolling. Let's learn some more yeah. about the man. Okay. And do you want to learn that uh, new internal truth first, or do you want to learn the future first? Because they're going to be combined to each other, but they're also going to kind of have their own individual effects and meanings. Um, Let's do the truth first. Okay. The Rusalka. (sighs) Fair enough. (sighs) The Rusalka. Temptation, desire, and longing. Divination. The prize you seek will be more dangerous than you have considered. Listen to the warnings given to you by friends and loved ones. There is more wisdom in those words than you wish to hear. You long for something difficult to touch. The desire will only grow, but now may not be the time to pursue it. That is very cool. And the future, holy shit. The future is the river. Uh, holy fucking shit. Mm-hmm. Getting the Rusalka and the river together pretty... is absolutely fucking thematic and crazy. These cards are our best storytellers. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> We're very bad. They're the only good thing. <laughs> yeah, we don't you should fire all of us and you just keep drawing just cards. cards. Just keep drawing just keep... cards. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, The river is destruction, challenge, and separation. The river's rushing current can overwhelm the weak and strong alike. Flowing water can carve away mountains and wear stones to dust. The river can swell to a torrent capable of swallowing all things. It divides us from the rewards we seek. The divination is, the river is unmistakably dangerous. However, the river is ultimately a barrier, something that separates one bank from another. At great risk, it can be crossed, and an equally great reward can be claimed. So, Johnny. Cool. What do you think this means for Travis? I mean, we can guess at it now, uh, and that is going to be a part of his character, but I'm I'm just a little curious. I mean, these are these it's interesting because these are both huge things from his past as well. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and this was all sort of reckoning with that. But it's revealing, I think, that he wants something. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I I know that we sort of said it as a goof before, but I can't help but think of the movie Hancock. Um, (laughs) And uh, and how uh, uh, Will Smith and um, Charlize Theron are in throughout eternity uh, drawn to each other over and over again, only Mm -hmm. to be like forced apart. Um, and also, yeah, uh, he's uh, f- a fan of alcohol, a fan of the drink. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just hate that when I go to Hollywood to try and pitch this thing, I'll have to say, well, it's like weekends at Bernie's meets Hancock is the thing. Two successful films. 
(laughs) (laughs) Movies that were made together. (laughs) Movies that were made. Who knows? (laughs) Um, uh, But but honestly, I I think that what what he he wants is this sort of just more clarity from from Gable. Like if we are. Uh, you know, I do think that our our conversation was one of the few, if not the only, like real conversation we've ever had. Um, and I think that there was a part of him that thought, okay, well, we did it, and and we're done, and we don't have to, we don't have to do this again. You know, we kind of like took care of it. Um, and clearly, just based on the fact that they lied and what Margaret told him, I think that. Um, he sort of wants wants more there. I I really really like that as like kind of a revelation that comes to you as you process the emotions of all of the things that you have discussed with Margaret kind of in one moment as your hand is is tingling and now twitching to to life a little bit like you're getting feeling back in it. And it is mid-transformation. Yeah, yeah. That's the first thing you get control over. Uh, Johnny gave Johnny gave me the finger. Uh, I gave all gave of all you of the finger. finger. <laughs> yeah. I do not accept the finger. So uh, all, all of that is, is coming together. You're starting to get feeling back, but you're starting to get feeling back as this hand is transforming into the hand of a man. And for a brief moment you feel deep and intense pain. And Margaret, with that, Margaret rushes forward, kneels down next to you, putting her hand on your neck and ear, and she kisses you. And as that kiss starts, the pain fades away completely. You can feel a little bit uh, Margaret stiffens in this, but... Her attention is still focused on this kiss and held on it. And now you're like the, the, the feeling that you have around your hand is suddenly so much less important than the emotions that you are processing right now in this moment. Once again, find ourselves in the captain's quarters aboard the Uhuru, which is overstuffed with mailbags that contain letters addressed to Oromar Vale and the crew of his ship, the Uhuru. Mm -hmm. Uh, We see Spit reading out a letter to the captain's council. It's going to happen. Switch. I'm just the narrator. Switch. I'm just the person who tells you what's going to happen. I don't want it. Next. (laughs) 
I write to ye in need of advice. Ever since I was a wee girl, I've been of want to sail the skies and scribe my name into legend as an erroner. I can lash every knot under the sun. I know the stories of every great captain heir there was. And I even have assembled several scale model airships inside glass bottles. Recently, I had the opportunity to travel aboard a ship across the skies. But there's one wee problem that's made it self-evident. It turns out I'm terribly afraid of heights, and I spent the whole trip in the cargo hold trying to pretend the ship was still at port. What advice would you have for a sailor who cannot stand the spine-shaking sight of endless skies? Sincerely, stuck on the shores in sandy shoals. I mean, this kind of feels like an easy one. Don't. Yeah, that's right. not for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay. you have a job, <laughs> and what if, you I mean, were, I, if, if your job is garbage man and you hate the garbage, then it's probably like you shouldn't do that job. But to be it's fair, almost, who loves who go- the garbage? <laughs> rats. Oh. Well, it's not like we have rats as sanitation workers. That would be fun, wouldn't it, though? It would, oh, like Pizza so Rat. Cool. I love Pizza Rat. Oh, uh, yes, our crew member, Pizza Rat. But, um, is this anything? No. <laughs> Bob, we ought to baby Pizza Rat? <laughs> If possible, that feels like less than nothing. If you you put two things together and just say Mm -hmm. something, I guess that's something. Yeah, yeah. I thinking back, it it feels like it's not actually a thing. But uh, you know, better to better to say it and not need it than need it and not say it. You know, you know that's Uh, that's good. That has apparently been our philosophy for as long as we've been doing this. Uh, now, we got to make just, sure we got the adequate coverage. Just see, like, uh, is I'm it something? Gonna... Probably not, but we're going to see. It's good to check. It's always good to check. Now, I'd rather we... know that it's not than to not know if it is. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, since this person took time out of their day to write us for advice. You know, obviously they shouldn't be working aboard a skyship, but maybe we can suggest an alternate career that offers kind of the the feelings of adventure and and a sense of accomplishment that you get from sailing a skyship. Sure. So I had a thief. Oh. Have we talked about horses in this? We've we've discussed horses enough to know that they're definitely a thing somewhere. Okay, and then you okay, put that's that's all that's all I was asking, just in case. And then you put the horse on a high mountain, but you're still on the mountain, so it's not heights necessarily. And then you you ride that horse through other mountains, and then you've recreated kind of a virtual reality version of the thing that you actually like to do. You know. It's like sending a grandmother to skydive, except it's virtual reality. Is that is that safe to do in virtual reality? I, I don't feel like know. I don't know. I'm just send- spitballing. I'm saying the things to see if they're a thing. Please, right. now please I know don't you're say, not balling me. Please don't say spitballing around him. It's a <laughs> despicable <laughs> thing. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly despicable phrase. 
Meeting Spit really did uh, turn that phrase into something completely different. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, it's not like it's a great activity to begin with, but yes, I do make it worse, and yes, it is sexual. (laughs) (laughs) Is, is, Is grandma VR skydiving a trope that I was unaware of? No, it's like there's regular grandma skydiving, but mm-hmm. I imagine a which world, is we all we all know that we one. all know that yeah, one. We're right? all yeah. into that old, that old chestnut. But if many grandmothers, you really shouldn't. So it makes sense. It's not a thing, but it has probably occurred enough that it could be a trope if we started looking at it. You know, mm. Mm. sure. I'll be honest, when you brought up the idea of grandma skydiving and VR grandma skydiving, I was embarrassed because I thought it was like a thing that's so obvious and in the culture that I just somehow mixed it. I'm I'm extremely glad and relieved to find out that it's not a thing. I think grandma VR skydiving has happened enough that it comes to the forefront of my mind, and that means that it is popular to me if it's popular in you then it's gonna be it's it's bound to be popular to other people because i'll make it that way i'll force it on everyone (laughs) yeah oh fun well then perhaps perhaps what we're looking for in in this letter is not a way to replace the feeling of being a skyjack for this person uh but they need to shift the culture uh surrounding whatever niche interest they develop yeah. Duh. <laughs> you just got to make something like horse thieving popular to you. You got to pioneer it, all right? You got to be on the forefront of the of the hobby, of the culture. L- like Spitz said. Wow. Spitz got a good idea. I hate it. Mm, yeah. Makes you think about what other things Spit might know. Please don't make me think. No. No. It doesn't make no. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely never want to know what you know. Because you'll tell me. I anyway. want to make that clear. Well, I, I, I think I think we, we we laid some good groundwork here. I feel like in no time this person is going to be off to the new career of their dreams, and hopefully their dreams will escape the scope of their own mind and <laughs> reshape the world according to their will. Thanks for wrapping that up for us, Finn. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that yes, really but nice. can you get down off the desk? <laughs> Sorry, got a bit carried away. You're just happy that we accomplished a thing. <laughs> <laughs> one thing. <laughs> Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at, at @campaignpod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at oneshotpodcast.com. Like Design Doc. Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign their first role-playing game. Design Doc is an experiment in public participatory analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast... Paired. Travis Matago was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. 
You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at atptunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Strangers who've ever been kind, and once for our friends ne'er to rise. Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind, who know we can never deny the call of the sky.